It's Cash Color Camp. It's a high level of conversation on LiveHipHopDaily.tv. Um, this episode is sponsored by AtlantabusClothing.com. From our drug lord collection to our Atlantabus collection to our Return of the Vipers, everything is available now at AtlantabusClothing.com. So shop today, AtlantabusClothing.com. All right, so I got my second guest in the building, man. Uh, what's up, Ron? Nothing much, man. You tell me. Man, we about to get we about to get into it, man. Let's you see, know, we'll see. Let, let me tell you how many times. You know, again, sometimes I've, I've ruined it for people who just listen on the audio side. So I'm about to just jump into some praise real quick. But bro, I see these everywhere, man. Thank you. I see lit culture everywhere, and it's like it's just dope to finally have you in the, in the building. Got my man um, Ronald Smith with me, man. Ronell. Ronell. Ron Pugh. Ron sure. Pugh, Ron Pugh. My That's phone, my, my assistant's name. I've been seeing so many Rons today. <laughs> I know, I know, I know how it goes, believe me. Come on, man, Ron Pugh with me today, man. Uh, one of the founders of Lit Culture, man. So I love how you um, introduce yourself. Let us know who you are and basically what you do. Oh, well, my name is Ron Pugh, yep. to be exact. Um, actually been here in Atlanta for 21 years. Okay. But I never actually have come out to the forefront, really, here in Atlanta. I've been in the manufacturing game. It started here in Atlanta from originally Oakland, California. Uh, you know, uh, came here 21 years ago to kind of get away from the life, yeah. if you will, and came here and reinvented myself and been behind the scenes and creating a lot of different products in the counterculture, we call it, uh, alternative industry. Let's talk about how crazy it is you moved from Oakland to Atlanta to launch this. <laughs> of, 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 of all places, man, that's crazy. That's a long story. Yeah, yeah, that, well, we, we uh, Well, let's put it this way, I've always been known in, been known I'm a twin I have a twin brother his name's okay. Donnell so people know the twins Ronnell and Donnell and since I was a little kid I was always selling something always since I was in elementary school so everybody that knows me they'd be like what are you selling now <laughs> um, and anyway kind of kind of morphed um, and back in the early 90s working in Silicon Valley got people that took me in showed me how to formally sell instead of hustle yeah and then uh, kind of took it to the next level by the time I came back here um, I've been invited into this industry, um, if you will, and it kind of just took off where I created a lot of different brands that people see on the store shelves, not just my own brand, uh, but other people's brands that are, some people would say competitors, Okay. but I'm behind a lot of brands that uh, we may use in our communities, we may not, so I'm kind of like an idea guy and I consult with other brands as well. Uh, and helping create new markets and push the envelope just because of, you know, I've always was, I was always a disruptor. So I create products that are kind of right up to that edge of disruption. Oh, speaking of that edge of disruption, um, Lit Culture. How did Lit Culture come about? Like, what, when did the concept of that come about? <laughs> That's a long story. So the part I can tell you is I was behind another brand that people see around Atlanta and other places. And anyway, we had a deal, and then that deal fell apart, long story short. And I said, you know what? I'll come up with my own brand, first African-American brand in the country, and with a better name. And so what we did, um, because I'd already made a name for myself in the, the industry on the, because I'm on the manufacturing side, so I don't usually come out and do consumer things or deal with the store owners. I'm usually dealing with the manufacturers and distributors. Yeah which is where everybody in this, the retail section goes and buys their product. Yeah. Um, long story short, I wanted to make a better product than the first African-American rap company, um, other than my boys at another company that you probably heard of, <laughs> Royal Blunt, who helped me along, actually. Shout out to Royal Blunt. Yeah. Shout um, out to, how about, if I learned this right now, is Royal Blunt black owned? It is. Didn't it's know that. It's, it, they're the ones that started the Blunt game. But Did everyone thinks it's Swisher, but it was actually them. Swisher's terrible. 
I not, know. Not, not to you know Swisher man, and I, others, but oh, it was Swisher's actually terrible. Royal Blunt that started it. I hated Swishers. You know, when I used to go to Texas, that's all they smoked in Texas, and I was like, God, like, get, get me out of here. I wasn't even there for two weeks. Get me out of here for two weeks if this is all you use. Right, right, yeah, right. It's terrible, man. So um, on your website, you say that lit culture is here because of the lack of cultural and innovation and engagement in the industry. What yeah. do those words mean to you? Like, what does that to mean? To me, what that means, yeah. so I've been at this a little while in a lot of different industries, in particular, let's say this industry. So one of the things that I do purposefully at these trade shows, so I travel, usually I'm here six months out of the year, and a lot of that's just traveling state to state or international doing trade shows. And one thing that always just gets me is there's no African-Americans yeah. in the back end of the house. We're all in the front end consuming. Yeah. And so or I have, brand ambassador. Or brand ambassador. <laughs> yeah. So we could do brand ambassador, yeah, which I hired at the day. shows as well. All day we could do that. And so, you know, Snoop might be there or yeah. somebody, a celebrity. But other than that, you know, we're not represented from a brand perspective in those trade show booths that all these store owners and distributors are coming to look for new and exciting products. So I disrupted in the shows first and foremost by playing my rap music loud um, instead of the, the normal stuff that, yeah. that they're playing. And I'm like, yeah, 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 we're here, we're here. So that's kind of a back-end thing. Um, but then on the front end of the market, a lot of these distributors, like here in Atlanta, they know who I am, but the store owners don't, but a lot of the, the distributors where they go buy it from. Yeah. So because I'm not supposed to be really doing this, because this is typically any of these products other than the one I mentioned are all white-owned companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all foreign-owned, all of them. Doesn't matter what you buy, they're all the same people. So, is, are, are you them. playing the background? Are you kind of like um, minimizing your your role per se? Is that is that calculated? Is that something that you've done on? I've purpose? I've done it on purpose okay. because I've always been a very private guy. Yeah. Um, I've always been kind of a loner. Um, you may know of me, but you don't know me. Yeah. So this is actually the first time I've ever come out on camera. So do you behind think, the scenes. Do you think if more people knew that this was a black owned business, that your face was that your face and your hands and your mind helped create this idea, do you feel like it would be a hindrance to people as far as especially when it comes to you it's not, you're more about finding stores to hold you, not necessarily individuals. You know what I mean? You're on that level. Do you feel like that would actually hinder the process? No, that's that's just um, something that I did want to do, but because I sell another product a lot gotcha. called Kratom, which you probably have never heard of. Never. Exactly, because <laughs> I'm really known for that product set, and that keeps me so busy that I never got around to really coming out to doing these types of things to get the brand to where it needs to be and letting people know that there is an African-American person, that, especially here locally, that actually has a brand um, because I stay so busy selling that product set, which is a very big product set here in Atlanta and beyond. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting because I didn't know it was black owned. You know, you do you do a pretty good job of, of standing <laughs> in the background. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, you do, you do a great job of that, man. But um, I know it had to have been hard for you to even. Right, well, it's a niche industry. And what I found over time is you kind of have to be invited in. It's kind of weird. I didn't actually come from this part of the space, meaning the tobacco side. So I started in the side of the industry where it was originally synthetic marijuana, Kratom was the next big thing. So when I say disruptor, I mean disruptor, right? So the industry that I'm in, so all these smoke shops and head shops around the country, they rely on innovators like myself within the industry to come up with what the next big thing is gonna be. So 
even before this, I was in the beginning of vape six years ago. So I had a brand called Drip E-Liquid that a lot of people used back then at that time, which was the most popular brand at that time in the very beginning of the e-liquid or vaping uh, uh, that people know. So I built quite a few brands. So what kind of got me to where I could get into this space, which is a closed community totally, the tobacco space, they couldn't deny me because I had already proven myself with so many other brands within the counterculture space to where it started to become mainstream. Yeah. So now everything now from CBD to, to e-liquid e or vaping, uh, marijuana. So the center of our industry is actually, it started off as glass, water pipes, bongs. Yes, yes, yes. That's actually the center of the industry and everything else just springs off of that. So basically they couldn't deny me getting in because I put my time in um, and making other brands. Yeah, and, and well, it's, since the inception, lit, lit culture has now spawned off. It's not just wraps at all. You know, no. you got the CBD gummies. Um, speak about some of the expansion of the, that the brand is now. So, good question. Um, so, with the success of the wraps and, um, you know, some international penetration a little bit, but a lot of this COVID stuff has obviously stopped some of the things that we had going on. But we're kind of uh, bringing out other products that, such as the CBD um, just because the name is so cool, the, the good thing is I have so many different distributors or manufacturers that love the name. They want to, like, license the name or just put it on a lighter or put it on this, I'll buy yeah. all you got, that type of thing. So we just came out with the CBD and the solves and the pet drops and drink additive. Um, but everything that we put the brand on has to be the best of best in its class. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot, a lot of work um, in creating the labels, the packaging, lab reports, lab tests, uh, registration in different states of the product. Like right now in Utah, I have to register each SKU, pay an annual fee just to sell it in that state. You talking about the CBD? CBD. Yeah. They're the first state to do that. So that's going to be really what's standardized across the country eventually. Okay. Um, so I do a lot also, speaking of that, on the legislative side, behind the scenes through different lobbyists and educating um, the legislatures. Hemp is one of those issues, so a lot of times people would think this is tobacco mm -hmm. because that's what they're trained to think. Yeah, but no, that's a all they exactly. Yeah. So it's like, well, you got to pay taxes. You need a license. I'm like, no, you don't. Here's the law. So I have to do that with different store owners, distributors, and go over that education phase. And I've had to do that with several products because usually when a lot of the products that we've come out with, or my partners and I, is always the first of its kind. Yeah. So we actually have to go through the educational phase. But as it relates to the other uh, concept that we're coming out with is a hemp cigar that are literally can rolled by Cubans in Miami. Um, mm -hmm. because, because of the space that I work in, uh, like a Robusto or a Toro, these will be literal high-grade CBD uh, hemp, cigars. hemp cigars. That's what's up. You know, I was about to ask, you know, because uh, there's a lot that's in the name, like lit culture itself. Is such a dope name that you could, you know, spawn across a lot of different things. And I was going to mention, being that you are from Oakland, have you thought about um, branding out lit cultures as a as a as a THC brand as well? Like thinking about the flower side. And yeah, well, that's funny you say that because I do work. Um, I manufacture my wraps in California, actually. Okay. Um, and that has come up on several occasions. I haven't found the right partnership yet that I'm comfortable with. But that is something we're definitely, definitely working on. And because for me, I work in a 50-state, you know, footprint. So for me to say only selling, be able to sell in this state because it's medicinal, to me, it's kind of short 
change it because I'm used to the 50 state angle or international and then that kind of limits me but that has come across and I may start doing more like stuff like that as it relates to pre-rolls uh, as an example branded pre-roll lit culture uh, pre-rolls and dispensaries that's what's up man you know um, if, if Championing black-owned companies is kind of the trend right now. You know, like you, you, you look around, you're seeing people who never mentioned black-owned ever in their life. You know, <laughs> then now have now having whole ads targeted to black-owned businesses and, and, and et cetera, et cetera, man. What does it mean to be a black-owned brand to you? Like, what does that, that what does that term mean to you? To me, it means independence, um, because we're we're creative people, we're resilient people, um, and I get a chance to actually create my what I call my children so to speak, um, and be creative. And that's where the colors come in. Um, we're vibrant people. Yeah. So it means a lot to me that, you know, coming from those streets of Oakland, hustling for years and years on those streets, selling anything I can get my hands on, and not being given the opportunity or chances that others I saw had, and making my way and, you know, scratching, clawing to get to where I got, and all the sacrifices that I went through, these represent you know, just all those years of all that hard work and being out at Eastmont Mall back in the day, you know, remembering Too Short being out there before me selling his tapes and me selling fake perfume and cologne back in the day um, and just going from those parking lots, selling T-shirts and all those things to being able to, to play with these big boys on their level. And it means a lot to me from where I come from. Word, man, word, man. Um, you know, I know most, most of the times founders of companies, um, when they come up with products, they're, they're the first testers of the product. Have you had a chance to try your own product? I have, as it relates to, <laughs> now, once or twice, depending on the product yeah. set. Um, CBD, definitely, because okay. my brain is always going. Um, and when it comes to the wraps, yes. Because I want to believe, and I have to be able to talk about it. Yeah, you it. got to. So even if I don't do it on a consistent basis, uh, a big one for me, th this is nothing compared to a product, another product that I call, is, uh, which is called Kratom, uh, which is a scarier product for people to try. That one I'll do at the trade shows with people and drink it down because it's a totally different concept of a product. But these, yeah, they're benign comparatively uh, for me as it relates to trying them. Okay. But then I have a lot of testers as well around the country. So I send a lot of free product out to my testers. What's the um, most popular rap in the collection? That's a very good question. I would say the Sweet Georgia Peach. Sweet Georgia. Is this this one? That's this one. And, and that's kind of a shout out to Georgia, um, just like Miami um, as well. So that's probably the most popular so one. So Sweet Georgia Peach is the one that jumps off the, that's jumping off the rack. I would say so, yes, definitely. Definitely. And then the original as well. Um, and I'd say it depends on the age groups is what we're finding kind of from a demographic standpoint. Yeah. OGs, I'd say like the no, no flavor. Yeah. Has it been hard for you to pitch it to, uh, to, to um, like I say, brand ambassadors and influencers when it comes to rocking the product? I know normally when it comes to, especially when it comes to musicians, they'll take almost anything. Like, has it been hard to um, be able to pitch that to other people? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I haven't really tried to pitch it to... Uh, so much, not not so much. I get a lot of interest from up and coming artists in particular, yeah. um, who want to definitely run with the product, um, and and DJs in the past. Uh, and I've done a lot of that actually, because the brand's been out a couple of years. Yeah. How long has it been officially? Uh, about two years. Two years. Thereabouts. Um, I actually worked with uh, you know a couple of uh, I sponsored Birthday Bash last year. Um, I sponsored Streets Fest. Um, so I have gotten interest, but. 
I'm not really ready to give up any equity deals. Let's put it that way. Nah, <laughs> if that makes sense, you know. So no, I'm not there yet. No, um, I but, but as far as up and coming artists and things like that, I'm looking for definitely the right vehicles to attach the the brand to and let them run with it. To be honest with you. So what do you feel like the next is going to be the next um, evolution of, of of lit culture? Like you already introduced us to the raps. We know we now have the gummies. Um, what's going to be the next level that we see for lit culture? What What I'd like to to do is get it to where you know, because lit culture, as we said, is just such a great name yeah um and really i think the next evolution would be production you know lit culture presents um it could be different productions uh festivals uh sponsoring uh different artists and things of that sort uh, a lot of people are coming to me with those types of ideas and have since the brand really started yeah could be clothing as well um it's just a matter of capital time um making sure i'm partnering with the right people because at the same time i'm creating these products I have to find those people that are smarter than me, yeah, right, and find the right partners that can make sure that I'm making the best decisions as we go down that path. Always. So, and, and keep learning. How, how has the pandemic um, interfered, or, or how how has it, it affected your, how has it affected, I guess, lit culture overall, or has it affected us? That's a, that's a really interesting loaded question for me because as we all have experienced changes with COVID, obviously, yeah. um, I thought it was just going to be the worst thing. And actually what's happened is because, as I said, there's this, uh, uh, the, the, a lot of the raps that are by Biden's, they come from overseas, actually. So there's been a huge disruption in the supply chain. So actually that's where I come in since I'm making products stateside and in Mexico. I'm one of the few guys that have a consistent supply of wraps. So it's actually benefited me. So other people that have their wraps, they can't get them or they can't get them through customs. So actually it's very much so benefited me uh, in getting more shelf space because the others aren't. So instead of them having a rack full of five different companies or 10 or yeah. whatever it was, it's only three left. Yeah, and, you know, and if you are a, a, um, a consistent consumer like myself, you know, when you go to the stores, you can see it, everything's off the shelf. That's, that's why. Almost everything off the shelf. They could barely keep anything past 48 hours. That's correct. Yeah. So it's actually benefited me, believe it or not, in getting new customers yeah. um, and new distributors and new store owners uh, yeah. across the country. And speaking of moving into new customers and, and, and into, um, you know, a new, new customers, what are you doing right now to reach out to new customers and make sure that you're, you're not just staying stagnant and moving with the same people that you were always moving with? Like, what's the job next as far as reaching out to another customer base? You, you, you're interested in job and sales? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I've worked in sales before. When you was talking about sales, I'm like, oh, there's an art to sales, baby. Like, you you totally, got to know what you're totally, doing for real. Totally. So I love the question yeah. because it's important. Um, basically, I just hired a new social media manager, graphic designer. So we're actually rebranding and relaunching the brand okay. overall behind the scenes. Uh, so we're taking care of, of course, the, the, the new customers that are coming aboard and the existing customers and things of that sort. We're replacing inventory for any customers that have had stock for a length of time yeah. um, and things of that. So we're actually retooling on the back end because with this COVID, there's also some downtime to take a step back. and Really? And yes. reevaluate what you actually have. Exactly. Yeah. And what we didn't do right on the launch yes. um, and things of that sort. So we're taking advantage of that and looking for the right partners. Uh, to come in and help us with different aspects to take the brand to the next level. All right. Um, so because I was uh, wanting to go over to Germany to a large trade show over there that we were asked to come to, and then this happened. Um, and so that's, uh, uh, 
Well, it happens, man. You know what? But the, yeah. the, the tough survive. You know what I mean? Correct. Clearly, you're one of the tough ones, man. Been around a little while. A little yeah. while. So, actually, there's a trade show coming up in, uh, uh, I just got a call yesterday in uh, Florida. So, we're going to do a first industry-wide in-person trade show. Because everything's been virtual yeah. at this point because of COVID. But we're going to go ahead and do a physical trade show in Orlando on October. Word. Um, for those who want to uh, connect with you online, um, how can they find you on social media from Twitter to Instagram, Facebook, websites? How can they find you? At Lit Culture Life Instagram. Okay. At Lit Culture Life. Lit Culture Life, man. So definitely make sure y'all support this brand. Um, I see you got some samples out here. Are, are you going to be... Do we get this is for the house. This, this is how this is for the house. That's what's up, man. This Thank you for the house. Everybody. Everybody's smiling right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Rod, I appreciate you coming through tonight, you too, man. man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Explaining lit culture to us, man. Thank um, you. wish you nothing but success with this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate you coming through. And that is Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation on live hiphopdaily.tv.